0: Welcome to Women on the Line, one of Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs programs. The show is produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcasted nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm your host, Tanhang Fan. Women on the Line acknowledges this program is produced and presented on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri peoples of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge Elders past, present and becoming, as well as the owners of the land you are hearing us from. On the 3rd of February at the 2019 Pride March, the Daniel Andrews government announced that gay conversion therapy would be banned in Victoria, making this state the first in Australia to ban gay conversion therapy. In this episode of Women on the Line, we look at how the announcement impacts the intersex and trans community. We chat with Sally Goldner from Transgender Victoria, and later in the show we hear from Tony Briffa from Intersex Human Rights Australia. First, let's hear from Sally.
1: I'm Sally Goldner I'm media representative for transgender Victoria um, oil, and I'm here in that capacity of course I also do out of the pan for PCR um, at noon on Sundays
0: out of the pan is a great show I have to say so thank you so much for joining us here on women on the line um, <laughs> so I guess I'd like to get right into it so uh, recently the Daniel Andrews government announced at Pride March um, in early February, that uh, gay conversion ban, or uh, gay conversion therapy, would be banned in Victoria. And from my understanding, Victoria is the first state to, um, I guess, legally make this banned. And I'm wondering how this particular news impacts the trans community. It is a good step
1: um, because there's every certainty conversion therapy is harmful and destructive, and as someone who's been through an aspect of it myself, I can certainly vouch for that. The challenge is how it's been communicated. By using gay conversion therapy, it could appear that trans people who, like myself, as, in, as the straw case, who have been through it, are not being included, which technically we are. So it's, the, it's similar to the debate that happened during marriage, you know, saying gay marriage or same-sex marriage is not as inclusive as marriage equality. So, um, you know, LGBT conversion therapy um, would be probably the most precise term. And of course, um, intersex, which is a variation of physical sex characteristics, can't face conversion therapy in the psychological sense. But obviously, in those intersex infants with um, visible variations at birth, certainly do, and it's another form. But that's obviously um, for intersex people
0: to comment on. Yes, and we had um, Tony um, from the Intersex Human Rights Australia comment on that a little bit earlier, so um, we'll get to hear that a bit later on in the show. I actually wholeheartedly agree on the lack of inclusiveness in the terminology and the communications around this messaging so far. From my understanding, we haven't heard much else since the first initial announcement at Pride. But to announce that at Pride Festival, where there are people who identify all across the spectrum to use gay is very exclusionary to people who um, might not identify that way but have other sexual orientations or Mm -hmm. um, gender expressions um, or lived experiences um, under the, I guess, the the rainbow identities that we have. How could you see this announcement kind of being improved? What would you like to see for the trans community and on behalf of the trans community for this kind of announcement? I think that...
1: uh, could, as well as, um, you know, just in terms of the language, and as well as decrying the idea that we can, in inverted commas, fix someone's gender identity, which implies that um, trans and gender diversity, to use Western terminology type of approach, identities are wrong and need fixing, which, of course, is nonsense. And I can think of a lot of toxic masculinity, cis males who could do some fixing, to the honours. But um, seriously, um I think that it would be good if we kept affirming um you know, really strongly affirmed trans and gender diverse identities but made it clear that um because someone doesn't fit a gender box that that is just not acceptable if they are who they are, um then and they're not harming anyone else, which of course on you know, trans and gender diverse people um are no you know, um don't go around harming anyone else just because we're trans. We might have our shortcomings as people, but so does cis people. That sort of thing, I think, it's really got to be made clear um, just how harmful this is. And we do have um, stories as well. And the thing is, I thought my story, which happened to me in 1995, was hopefully going into the museum. But when it's still happening in the well-publicised story of Evie MacDonald, a young trans woman who was put through conversion therapy by a counsellor at school and was told, I don't tell your parents, it's our little secret. Um, really the fact that that sort of let's call it child abuse in Evie's case because that's what it is is going on that it needs needs to be hit home hard That it needs to stop but there also needs to be um, education to stop the assumptions of those people doing it and particularly where it's institutional from churches to say well why do you think say trans is in inverted commas wrong in the first place and then you won't drive it underground, you'll actually you know, up, pull the, the conversion therapy up from the roots rather than chopping the top off the weed that it is. So I think um, it's really important that there is a sense of education that happens as well.
0: For sure. And I definitely think there needs to be education around like not all... Uh, well, it's not necessarily the religion or the time that is the reason for these therapies happening. Um, maybe could you elaborate on that and um, in terms of educating people and um, yeah, the idea of conversion therapy always being because of religion?
1: Well, that's a really good point and a very fair point too, that yes, there are and let's also be really accurate, there are some elements of religion, but of course, there are plenty of um, you know groups, and I can comment as someone who's Jewish, but obviously, Christianity is been well talked about there are plenty of people who are highly supportive um, in terms of Judaism and Christianity of LGBTI people and value our diversity so you're quite right it's you know there are just um, underground sort of quackery groups in general if we can use that sort of term and you know it's worth noting that my conversion therapy um, came from a psychiatrist in 1995 now definitely the psychological and psychiatric bodies have condemned it since. But, you know, there still might be the odd rogue psychologist or psychiatrist who is not necessarily religious but could well be doing that. So definitely it's got to be snuffed out from all um, sources and, as I say, uprooted. And if it can be that people just, um, you know, have a rethink and that way um, the conversion therapy is completely cleaned out rather than just covered over or more deeply buried that might still be happening, that is a better approach regardless of the source, religious, um, we'll say health professional or quasi-health professional or anywhere. That's a, you know, that is a very good call.
0: So last I think sometime last year or a few years ago, I had a friend of mine who actually spoke with a monk, a Vietnamese Buddhist monk, and um, was a bit nervous at first because um, my my friend is trans and was like, worried how the the monk would kind of take it if if he would try to convert my friend to not be trans and um, but the conversation was actually surprising uh, surprisingly went well and the monk even said, no no no, we've got these like there's actually mention of this in um, like in our uh, Buddhist texts and whatnot of um, trans people and that was very encouraging for my friend to hear and I think that it's yeah, it's important to make note that not all um, religions and not all aspects of religions are like homophobic or transphobic or queerphobic.
1: Absolutely, and just to emphasise that, um, at Trans Day of Remembrance in two thousand and seventeen, so going back to a panel was put on by Transgender Victoria, where we had a, we'll say a um, a trans slash gender diverse person and the relevant, we we'll say minister of faith for Buddhism. Catholic, Anglican and Jewish. And, of course, there's um, all sorts of um, supportive people across a range of, well, say, belief systems, uh, even extending it beyond religion. Um, there's all sorts of um, more smaller uh, faiths that aren't, let's say, part of the big, the bigger ones that are more well-known. And I think it can be a case of finding, that, of finding those places. There was a good point that came out um, that you can find a place where, You can be your whole intersectional self in terms of your faith slash spirituality in the broadest sense of those words and your gender identity, sexual orientation and and similar as part of the rainbow. So yes, and of course it's your birthright to be yourself, yeah.
0: Definitely. Do you have any advice you'd offer for um, trans young people or other trans people who've been through conversion therapy, like what support that they can um, reach out to and what support services exist now?
1: I think there are some very supportive groups and health professionals who would be able to work through that. Um, so you've got groups like Freedom To Be, um, which sort of assist people in reconciling their um, faith and their LGBT. They don't make calls either way, they just give a safe space. Similarly, Keshet for Jewish people and Mahaba for um, those of Islamic faith. Good counseling services, um, well, Queer Space and Drummond Street Services in Carlton Equinox in Fitzroy, and mm-hmm. clinics like Northside and Paran Market Clinic in North Fitzroy and Paran, respectively. But also, um, maybe worth contacting organisations if you're perhaps those clinics which I acknowledge are somewhat inner city. Um, contact, say, transgender Victorians. We can usually put someone in touch with a health professional who's um, you know sort of in say beyond the inner city or um, in regional areas and um, there's certainly plenty of them or we can put people in touch with services we've done work with and they would be able to recommend someone to chat through but I think that there are I think we do need to find the positive that there are plenty of places where you can be your whole self but I can totally imagine where if it is a faith-based situation you would have feel ripped apart but Also, you could, you know, if it was a health professional, particularly one from them, from a sort of mainstream health professional setting, you could, you know, feel very mistrustful about approaching another health professional. So this is where, you know, just getting a sense of restoration and building trust again with some of those good services that we know of um, could be really important as well. So if someone's been through it, and as I say, having been through just that little bit of it myself, it was, I am that very quickly it was bewildering my mind's trying to find something really hard but of course there's nothing to be found i know how damaging it was um and um so i can understand it would take you know some work just to you know repair things but it can be done and um you know sort of people can get on to the, the whole life that they as i say is rightfully theirs
0: Well, thank you so much, Sally, for being on Women on the Line. I've really appreciated um, your insight into this issue.
1: Oh, look, a pleasure. I would also add there's a resource list on Transgender Victoria's website, which is a start for lots of safe health professionals and groups to get all the details of some of those places and others that I mentioned. So um, there is plenty of support out there for everyone. And, um, yeah, it's a pleasure to... um,